up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Insiders Podcast, featuring your host, the one and only John Stolle. Insert crowd noise here. Uh, yeah, I'm not that good at technical sounds or anything, but welcome into the podcast, everyone. I'm happy to be here. Uh, underscore Stolle, that's S-T-U-L-L-Y. And you can also follow the podcast on Twitter at one, the number one fantasy insider, and we'll follow you back 100%. <laughs> we appreciate everyone that does. And please, if you like the show, let us know, man. If you don't like the show, let us know. Let me know what I can work on. Uh, later in the week, me and me and Michael will be back uh, with a dual podcast, but for now, you just get me. So without any further ado, let's jump right into it. Uh, I'm going to start with this week's MVP so far. It's Deshaun Watson, of course. I called him as the MVP last week. I was one week early. Uh, I always seem to be a week early on everything. But anyways, I was one week early. This week, he had 344 passing yards against the New England Patriots with two passing touchdowns. He also added on six rushing attempts for 36 yards to bring your grand total of 38.8 fantasy points, which put him just a tick ahead of our boy Justin Herbert. Which, uh, on our last show, guest of this show, my little cousin, Logan Stahl, pred- predicted that Herbert was going to win the MVP. He was so close. He was number two, because you were close, man. Good guess. <laughs> Anyways, so that was the QB of the week this week. That was the MVP of the overall MVP, week, MVP of the week. Um, if you didn't have him, that's fine, because we have some quarterbacks you could pick up that might win MVP of the week this week. And let's start off with number one, Derek Carr. Uh, he's only 36% owned right now, and honestly, that's going to go way up after this last weekend because he went toe-to-toe on Sunday Night Football um, with our boy, last year's MVP, Patrick Mahomes. And honestly, if you can go toe-to-toe with Mahomes, um, people are going to notice. And doing it, he had 275 yards and three touchdowns, and he also added on three rushing uh, attempts for six yards for 30 points. And honestly, that's only eight points off the MVP. So there could be MVP sitting on your wire in Derek Carr. Uh, you might as well pick him up. Uh, I really like watching him play. He never gives up, ever. It, and on Sunday, he proved that, too. They they were in the game all the way until the end, like, literally. If it wasn't for that Mahomes throw, yeah, they win again against the Chiefs. This is what Carr can do with his, with his demeanor. Um, his wide receivers are all athletic. We're going to talk about one of them later in the show, but uh, him and Nelson Aguilar seem to have a really good connection. And he also has a really good connection with Darren Waller. Uh, Waller's pretty much like a cheat code. He, he reminds me of Travis Kelsey because you can't guard him. Guys that big shouldn't move that quick or have that good of hands. But anyways, he has Josh Jacobs in the backfield, which always helps keep the defense honest. So it, it gives him room to work with. And with his receivers like Ruggs and Edwards and Aguilar and Waller, he has a lot of targets. Um, It's very easy to see him putting up QB1 numbers again this week because he gets to face Atlanta. And Atlanta just made Taysom Hill a QB1 this week. There you go, ladies and gents. Yeah, so think about what Taysom Hill did to them and then insert Derek Carr and... Yeah, we have another QB1 on our hands here this week. Next up, I got Tua. Our boy Tua, he's going against the Jets. Yes, he was benched this week. I know, it wasn't the greatest performance. Even though he still outscored Baker Mayfield, Stafford, and Ryan. Uh, Matt Ryan. Yeah, I mean, 
this is the type of stuff you're going to get with a first round pick. He's got the skill every week where he could be either a top quarterback or at the bottom of the barrel near the end. Uh, those were three of the bigger names that he outscored, but he only had about 10 points in standard leagues. He had 83 yards and one score on 11 of 20 attempts. It's not what Miami was looking for against Denver. And honestly, I think it was a wake-up call for him. This dude last week was like, yo, uh, yeah, I thought the NFL was going to be tougher, man. This is pretty easy. That doesn't really rub defenses the right way because you haven't really faced much. Your first game, you didn't even have to do anything. You walked into, like, I think it was a 21 nothing lead before you even did anything on the field. Long story short, you're going to have to make plays happen every single week. It's a grind. Nothing about this is easy. Even though when I'm looking at his schedule, I'm like, okay, he gets the Jets this week. Completely, if he was dropped, pick him up for this start. Uh, this is a bounce back waiting to happen. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if two is a QB one this week. And then next week again, he gets to face Cincinnati, who just lost Burrow. So two is going to be on the field forever in that game. Uh, Finley's not going to be do. Be, not going to be able to do anything against the Dolphins. Their defense is pretty good. Um, I'm streaming the Dolphins in the next two weeks for sure. Not the third game on the schedule because they get to face the Chiefs, but I like that game for Tua because he's going to have to keep up with Mahomes. And like he showed against Kyler Murray um, two weeks ago, he can do it. And then he gets New England, which just gave up MVP numbers to our boy Deshaun Watson. And then in the fantasy finals, he gets to face the Raiders. So, I mean, this is a guy, if he was dropped, you got to pick him up immediately. I like his weapons, Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant. Uh, he should be getting Gaskin back soon. You got uh, our boy Jasicki at tight end. Anyways, let's move on to the next guy. I got Baker Mayfield, 31% owned. Uh, this is a great matchup for him to bounce back in. The last two weeks have been brutal for him. This week specifically, the weather was horrible again. I feel bad for Cleveland because, like, in my city, it was snowing like crazy, and the last thing I wanted to do was go outside and play football. I was happy on my couch watching it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this week I like Baker because he gets to face Jacksonville. They're the third worst against quarterbacks. Um which means they give up the third most points to quarterbacks. So expect Baker to be a QB one um, this week. I like I like Landry. I like Higgins. I like Austin Hooper. Obviously, I like Nick Chubb. I like Kareem Hunt. This is a good team. This is a good offense. Their defense isn't bad either, as we saw this week against uh, Carson Wentz, my dud of the week, and he proved he didn't prove me wrong. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm expecting at least 15 points from Baker in this game. And if your quarterback's sitting there in a bad matchup, why not stream Baker? Because this is a pretty good matchup. And then you can keep him because week 16, he gets to face the Jets. And that's a good stash. Honestly, it doesn't matter how many quarterbacks you have on your team. Look at your schedule. There's only a few weeks left. This is a good tip, actually. Pay attention. <laughs> Get a pen. No, honestly, I have currently on multiple teams more than I need at quarterback because I'm looking at the rest of the season schedule. I'm looking at playoffs. Who do I want to start in each week? And these are the guys that I'm listing right now that you can add now because when the playoffs come, a guy's going to be like, oh no, oh, my guy's facing the Colts. Who's available on the wire? Let me go look. Let me go look. Oh, Ryan Finley. 
Come on. Yeah, you didn't listen to my show, but you should have picked up one of these guys now, like Daniel Jones, who's on a bye week, and who's actually the next guy on my list. He's only 28% owned, probably dropped because he was on a bye. Um, I love this game against Cincinnati. They just lost Burrow for the year. Oh, man, that was such a bad injury. I hated watching that highlight. Every minute of it made me sick to my stomach. And then the news coming out, he's done for a while. Hopefully he's back next year healthy. Loved watching him play this year. If he stayed healthy, he would have gave Justin Herbert a run for his money at Rookie of the Year. Now I'm pretty sure we all know who's going to win it. But, amen, anything could happen. So let's go back to Jones for a minute. I love this spot. He's coming off his bye week, so he's healthy. Bengals lost Burrow, so I'm expecting Daniel Jones to be on the field for a long time in this game. Wayne Gallman's not the type of running back that's going to keep his defense. Or sorry, not his defense. Gallman's not going to keep the Bengals' defense like on the field for that long just from running. He's not that good of a running back to ice the clock is what I'm trying to say. So... They're going to have to do other things. I'm expecting Daniel Jones to rush it a lot, like he always does, and that's why I like him. And I love his wide receiver weapons. He's got Shepard. Um, he's got uh, Golden Tate, one of my favorite receivers ever. <laughs> we'll talk about favorites in another episode. I want to, don't want to talk too much about Golden Tate, but I love that guy. Uh, he's got Evan Ingram at tight end. Even Deion Lewis can catch some balls out of the backfield. I'm not sure if Freeman's coming back this week. He might. But the rest of the season schedule, he's got Bengals this week. The next week, Seattle, you can start him. Then Arizona's going to be a shootout, start him. Then he gets Cleveland, start him. I don't know about Baltimore, but if you have to, man, it's not bad. You could do it. Newton just put up 20 points against him, and these Newton and Jones are very similar. Um, yeah, Daniel Jones, man, pick him up. Next on the list, I'm going to go with Phillip Rivers. Uh, he was one of my pickups last week, and he delivered. Uh, it was a shootout, which I expected, and I expect another one this week against Tennessee. He finished as a QB6 so far uh, before Monday Night Football. He had 288 yards, three touchdowns, a pick, and but he still ended up with 30 fantasy points. And the main thing is they won. They won with him throwing it, which means they're going to rely on his arm more. And it seems like they're going to use Jonathan Taylor in a more traditional role, which is what we want because... You want to be able to predict what's going to happen. If they use him in a traditional role, that means Rivers is going to be passing it roughly about 25 to 30 times a game. And in a shootout against Tennessee, he can put up points because their defense isn't that good against the pass. They're much better against the run. Uh, I like him just because of his weapons. Again, he's got three very good receiving tight ends in Mo Cox, Trey, Trey Burton, and Jack Doyle. But the one guy I really like on their team, and we talked about him last week, it said you're never going to be able to pick him up again if you don't do it this week, Michael Pittman Jr. It happened. You're not going to be able to pick him up. And that's going to keep happening, and that's why I expect Rivers' numbers to stay up for the remainder of the year. Uh, the rest of his season, he gets Tennessee this week, then he gets Houston, then Vegas, then Houston again. Those two Houston games are smash spots. The last game of his year is against Pittsburgh. You're picking him up as a stream, so don't stream him in that game, okay? All right, moving on, I got Bridgewater and, and uh, P.J. Walker. I'm not sure if Bridgewater's coming back. I'm guessing he is because he was a game-time decision. He was warming up on the sidelines, but they went with P.J. Walker. I think it was because the state of the Lions, they just knew no matter who they started, they were going to win. The Lions were missing all their key offensive pieces in, in Galladay, Swift, um, and even Stafford's hand was banged up. 
this was a good spot for PJ Walker to have his first career start and he won. So I don't know if they're going to go back to him. He looked pretty good. He, he made a few mistakes, which is expected in your first start. Uh, whoever starts the game, though, I expect them to have a pretty good game against Minnesota. Minnesota just made Andy Dalton a top 10 quarterback of the week so far. <laughs> I mean, what more do you want me to say? If Dalton can do it, PJ Walker or Bridgewater easily could do that. I mean, Dalton had 200 yards and three TDs. These two guys could do it. They could be a top 10 QB as well. That's what I was trying to say about all these QBs on this list could be MVPs because these are all good games. If you need is to stream a quarterback, go for it, man. This is the week to do it. I, there were so many more, but I mean, we got to move on with the show, man. So my dart throw at quarterback is Jalen Hurts again. This is probably the last week that he's not starting. He may even start this week, but Wentz was awful. Um, they lost the game. They could have won. They should have won. They have all their weapons back, except for Deshaun Jackson, who may be back soon. So check him out on the wire. I don't know. Jalen Hurts, he comes in for these packages, and the offense just looks better, even though they don't let him do too much. But Wentz is doing too much negative things. That's the main part here. Jalen Hurts, 1% owned. Check it out. And my last dart at quarterbacks, Alex Smith. He gets to face Dallas. That's all I'm going to say. I love his receivers. I love Washington's offense, actually. Um, but let's move on to wide receiver. I'm going to start with Nelson Aguilar. Five of his last seven games, we got double-digit points and a touchdown. He's tied for ninth in total touchdowns at wide receiver with guys like Keenan Allen, Calvin Ridley, Will Fuller, and Christian Kirk. They all have six touchdowns. I absolutely love this matchup versus Atlanta. Aguilar is my top ad at wide receiver this week for this reason alone. It's the Atlanta Falcons. Michael Thomas just put up big numbers against them, over 100 yards. I expect Aguilar to do the exact same thing and probably a touchdown. Uh, he's only 19% on right now, but that's going to change. I promise you that. Next up, I have uh, Sterling Shepard. This is check to see if he was dropped because of the bye week. Guys are in a pinch, man. You never know. I saw him available in one of my leagues. That's why I was like, whoa, I got to add him to the list. I didn't even realize he was under 50% owned. That's because he was dropped. Uh, since the rest of the season schedule is fire. He gets Cincinnati this week, Seahawks next week, Zona, then Browns. I mean, fire him up, man. Tim Patrick, again, on my list. 21% owned. That's now seven productive weeks in a row. Guys, 21% owned. What is going on? If he was available in any of my leagues, there is somebody on your bench. Put it this way. If he's available in your league, send me your bench. If you can't figure out who to drop, I will figure out someone to drop so you can add him. He's got more yards than Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and Juju. That's all three Steelers wide receivers if you didn't recognize those names. Yeah, Tim Patrick, man. He gets to face New Orleans this week. Fire him up because that's a shootout. As in garbage time, I'm expecting a lot of it for Denver. I think New Orleans is going to kill them. Uh, next on my list, I got Keelan Cole, 28% owned. Uh, this one, you could see what why he's like floating on and off the wire. He's so hot and cold. But this is a week where I think he's going to be hot. He gets to face the Browns. Minshew might be back, which is good for him. They had a connection earlier in the year. And if Minshew's back, I think you could start him up no matter what. If it's Jake Lutton again, I, uh, it's a little dicey. Maybe desperation flex. How about that? But if Minshew's back, I'm firing him up. 
those two really had a good connection at the start of the year. Especially if Chenault's out again, I really like Keelan Cole. Uh, and also in this game, I'm going to go with Richard Higgins, but he's on the other side of the field. He gets to face Keelan Cole, actually. on the um, And uh, on the Browns, I'm thinking here, Richard Higgins, since OBJ got hurt, that's Odell Beckham Jr., that's five of six games. Higgins has been productive. And with the Jaguars on tap, I'm thinking this is his week that makes people remember why they picked him up in the first place. 11% owned. So he's probably available, and this is this is a good week to start him. It's going to be good weather. They haven't had good weather in a while. We're not even really sure how this Browns passing game could be. Just remember how good he was when, when the weather was nicer in Cleveland. He was putting up good numbers. Uh, next on the list, I got Prashad Perryman. Told you guys to start him this week. He cashed, had a beautiful touchdown, and that's what I'm expecting every week. Especially with the next guy on the list too, Denzel Mims. But back to Perryman for a minute. He is the deep threat on this team. Crowder's the possession guy. Mims is the superstar. Perryman's the deep guy. And the Jets are going to see a ton of garbage time every week. They get to face Miami this week, so I'm expecting more of it. I, I, it's the Jets, man. What week are they not going to be down? The one week against New England, that was such a fluke. But they still put up crazy points, so it didn't even matter. You still got your technical garbage time points. Because they just always play like they are behind for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it's their coach. But I'm not going back into a Jets rant. The only rant I want to go in is on my next guy. I'm going to talk about him again. Denzel Mims. Still only 5% owned. I can't stop talking about him. I love watching him play. When I watch him play, he reminds me of a mini Calvin Johnson. I keep throwing out these crazy comps, but I'm good with it. Denzel, Denzel Mims is a dude I was saying last week on our trade podcast. All you got to do is throw the ball in his vicinity and he catches it. It's amazing. He has such good hands. He's such a beast. He's so strong. Denzel Mims is literally a star in the making. The sky is the limit. The only thing holding him back, which is a big only, is Flacco and Darnold. If Darnold's back, I kind of like this a lot. If it's still Flacco, you're going to get what you're seeing, just like maybe six targets, six to eight targets, and desperation throw. Not, I don't even want to think one of those passes was catchable, and Mims still turned in a good week this week. He really reminds me of guys like Calvin Johnson and A.J. Brown just because of their strength and their size. And he's not, I don't know, he's like, just watch the tape on him. He's like a quiet assassin. He's not like a DK Metcalf, like he's not going to dye his hair blonde and get an earring and, and be all flashy like that. He, he just makes his name felt with his play. And that's why I like him. I can't not stop watching this guy play. I watched the whole Jets game just to watch Mims play, and I wasn't disappointed. Um, the next guy on the list, I have Cordell Patterson. Or Cordero Patterson, sorry. He's 7% owned. He gets to face Green Bay this week, uh, which is the third worst team against the run. And honestly, Patterson's better than Montgomery, in my opinion. So even if Monty is back this week, I'm still going to play Patterson in the flex because I think they're going to keep using him in a role. He's a better version of Montgomery. He's what the Bears want Montgomery to be. <laughs> and honestly, 100% of Patterson is his, oh, what's the word, his pizzazz. He, he's one of the best uh, return men in NFL history because he just makes guys miss. Um, last game he had over 11 fantasy points, and I'm expecting something close this week against Green Bay. My dart throws, I'm going to go over them quick. I got Kendrick Bourne. Uh, Kaderil Hodge, Demarcus Robinson, uh, Demir Bird, Steven Sims Jr., 
Kiki Kuti, and my final one is Russell Gage. So just a little points on each one. I'll start with, uh, sorry, I'm going to start with Kendrick Bourne. This is because I think Debo Samuel and Ayuk are going to miss this week. Ayuk has COVID, and I think Debo's still going to be out uh, with his injury. So all that leaves on the roster is Kendrick Bourne, Trent Taylor, and Richie James as the only healthy wide receivers. Yes, Richie James blew up last time, but that was because Kendrick Bourne didn't play. Kendrick Bourne has the size, and I feel like he could be the wide receiver one this week. At only 4% owned, you could do much worse than a dart throw with Kendrick Bourne. Uh, Katero Hodge, this last week he had five targets and 73 yards. Uh, he seems to have passed Peoples Jones on the depth chart, who only had two targets this week. And like I was saying before with Higgins, it's a great matchup versus Jacksonville. The weather should be nice. They're going to be throwing it out. I don't know. Fire him up, man. It's a dart throw. Zero <laughs> percent owned. I like Demarcus Robinson too. Two percent owned at Tampa Bay this week. Uh, four of his last five weeks, he's had over eight eight points in half point PPR. He's got a sneaky matchup versus the Bucks, who allow some wide receivers to bust loose. And I could see uh, I could see a shootout in this game. So Robinson's in a good spot. Uh, Bird, wide receiver three on the week 11 so far, man, 23 points. He's only a dart throw because he's 2% owned, but it's also because of the New England's offense. I have no idea who's going to pop every week. Last week we were talking about Jacoby Myers. He popped. Now it's Bird. So just add them. They're dart throws. See what happens. It's going to be a shootout versus Arizona. I wouldn't be surprised if multiple wide receivers uh, are worthy of starting this week in this matchup. I love Jacoby Myers as well. And even Nikhil Harry, man. Who knows? I like Steven Sims Jr. He gets to face Dallas. Uh, he's the number two on this team right now because uh, it's him and Terry McLaurin. And I kind of like this team a lot, actually. It's just like I was saying with Alex Smith. They're a good offense, and they get to face Dallas. So it's a good dart throw. Kiki Kuti, uh, Cobb, and uh, Stills are iffy for Week 12, leaving Kuti as the number three behind them, behind uh, Cooks and Fuller. So... Against Detroit, I can see it working. It's a good dart throw. He's only 0% owned. If you need a wide receiver, scoop him up. He had a good week this week. And my final dart throw actually came to me from a good friend of the show. Uh, he said, yo, with Julio Jones' injury, man, check out Russell Gage. He's only 7% owned. I'm like, all right. 12 targets this week after Julio left. So he, had, he ended up catching seven of them for 58 yards. Uh, Julio's a game time decision on Sunday, so we're not really sure what's going to happen. But this is a team you want to own the wide receivers on. It, they seem to be behind in every game, so they're always throwing. Uh, Matt Ryan loves to throw it, obviously. You're going to get about 30 attempts a game with him. And if Julio's not there, Gage should get about 8 to 10, I would think. But on the year, Gage actually has three less points than straight to VHS Brown. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Hollywood Brown, as he likes to call himself. But we all know your real name, bro. <laughs> Anyways, this pick was submitted, like I was saying, by a friend of the show and 14 personnel staffer at PeteDog508. Hit him up on Twitter, man. This guy, uh, he loves fantasy football. He's new to the industry. You can ask him anything you want, and he's happy to give you advice. I was actually his first starter sit question of the week. I was like, yo... <laughs> Who would you start, man? Andy Dalton or Joe Flacco? And he's like, easy, easy. You got to start Dalton, man. He's facing Vikings defense. They're horrible. So I did. And, bro, you're one for one, man. Appreciate it. And actually, he may be coming on the show soon. Who knows? 
anyone's welcome actually that's a good point i was about to make this podcast we want to be welcome to anyone that loves fantasy sports if you want to jump on here maybe there's nowhere else for you to go this is a spot for you to go man hit me up on twitter at one fantasy insider we'll get you on here man all right let's move on to running back to lead off this list this is very important I got Gus Edwards. He's currently only 28% owned, and people may not realize this if they don't own J.K. Dobbins, but he just got placed on the COVID list and not going to be playing this week, and neither is Mark Ingram, which leaves only Gus the Bus Edwards and Justice Hill. Oh, shout out to Tim for Justice Hill too, by the way. On the roster, those are the only two running backs left. The game is on Thursday versus Pittsburgh, and you know what? From Gus, I'm expecting very similar numbers to what James Robinson did this week. He had Robinson put up 17 rush, rush attempts with 73 yards. Uh, he scored 10 fantasy points. I'm thinking that's the floor for Edwards this week because he's for sure uh, their goal line back. If Justice Hill comes in, it's only for the receiving work. So if you're in a PPR league, I really like Justice Hill as a dart throw this week because he's going to be the number two. And, hey, if anything happens to Edwards, Justice Hill, man, he's the next man up. He'll be there. Okay, next on the list is old friend, old faithful Frank Gore. That's what his name should be, old faithful Gore. <laughs> Anyways, he's 10% owned. He's had over 10 rushing attempts in every game but two, and one of those he had nine rushing attempts, so basically 10. Uh, last The last two weeks, he's had 27 carries for 107 yards, which is around four yards uh, a carry, which is pretty good average. He gets to face Miami, then Vegas, then Seattle. Could be a decent flex the next three weeks. Uh, you know what you're getting with Frank Gore. It's not going to be flashy. He does throw in a few receptions here and there. So, I mean, if you just lost Rex Burkhead and you're in a league where Burkhead does well, which is like half-point PPR, full-point PPR, Frank Gore could kind of fill that role as like maybe 80% of Burkhead. I don't know. You could do worse, man. Uh, Tony Pollard's next up on my list, 19% owned. His last three weeks, he's had 21 carries and four targets, which he turned into 177 yards and over 25 fantasy points. Uh, I trust him more as a handcuff than most of these other big-name handcuffs because when I watch him play, I see a star. Uh, the other guys, sure, yeah, they're in great situations. But Tony Pollard, when you watch, he has standalone value because I think the Cowboys want to keep using him more. And when you watch his touches, they're so, slowly creeping up every week, and he's getting more involved. He gets to face Washington on Thanksgiving Day, which is a quick turnaround. And I think that's going to lead to him getting more looks because they don't want to overwork Zeke. Because um, he, he's their multi-million dollar man, you know what I mean? Like They don't want to injure him. Because they may actually make the playoffs, which is the crazy thing. And they need him for that. Especially with Dalton, that quarterback. They need Zeke. So Tony Pollard is a guy this week that I think you could fire up in a desperation flex play. And he has standalone value. Uh, next on the list, I got James White. He's 40% owned. This is because last week I kind of dogged on him a bit. But hey, he's back on my list now. Burkhead got hurt. Next man up is James White. This week he had nine targets. Caught six of them for 64 yards. Plus they gave him five rushes for 19 yards, which I expect to go away next week. They may give him one or two, but Sonny Michelle's coming back. But anyways, since Burkhead's out, White is the only receiving back on this team. So he's going to get work. In PPR, you could do 
way worse than James White. I really like him uh, as a receiving back. Next on the list is Sonny Michelle. I just talked about him. He's 26% owned. He's coming back this week. Um, I don't know if I'm starting him this week. I, I don't even know if what your team looks like. If you have to start him, sure, plug him in if he's back. Worse, like I could see anything happening in this game. It's going to be crazy. This is going to be a game I'm really going to watch because it's going to be fun. Kyler and Cam, and you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Anyways, uh, he's the exact same as as exact same running back as Harris is, as in they're between the 20s rushers. So they're not going to play both of them in the same game, the same amount of touches. Harris is playing so well. Michelle is going to have to be like the third on the, on the depth chart. So throw him on your watch list, see what happens. Next on the list, I have Tevin Coleman. He's 18% owned. This is an injury stash for me. As I love owning any 49ers running back. They're always involved in the entire game plan. They always seem to produce. It really doesn't matter the name, whether it be Wilson, Hasty, McKinnon, Mostert. It doesn't matter. Mostert's the best, obviously. But it doesn't matter which 49ers running back is the starter or is in the game. They get yards and get fantasy points. And that's all you're chasing here. And who knows? Mostert is on the IR again for the second time this year. He may be coming back soon. But Tevin Coleman's coming back soon as well. And if Mostert gets hurt again, Tevin Coleman will be the number one guy. Um, the dart throws this week. I already mentioned Justice Hill. I also have Simaje Perrine and Malcolm Perry. Malcolm Perry is more for PPR leagues because he seems to be more of a wide receiver than a running back. And Perrine, I mean, Bernard's not that good of a pure running back. Perrine's more of a running back. And I expect with Finley at QB now, you're going to see a lot more running. So Perrine could be that guy for you. Let's move on to tight end. First up, let's go with Dalton Schultz, all right? Talked about him last week, and I said, nobody realizes this dude is sixth in the league in yardage from tight end. Well, say hello to Mr. Top Tight End himself in points now, as he just passed Jimmy Graham to take over ninth in uh, .5 PPR. He's currently .3 points away from George Kittle. The number two tight end off of draft boards. This year is amazing. Who would have ever thought? <laughs> oh, 2020, man. Let's just leave it at that. Anyways, the Dalton to Dalton connection seems to be a real thing, and I kind of like it. I looked it up. Dalton Schultz was actually a first-team All-Pac-12 in 2017, which means he's actually a very good tight end. He has pedigree. He probably wasn't really a thing because he was way down on the depth chart because he's such a good blocker that they had other receiving backs. But with injuries, Dalton's the man now. And with Andy Dalton, that quarterback, who actually looked pretty good this week, which is a good sign for their for their uh, receivers moving forward. And Schultz is the biggest one on their team, so he's always the red zone threat, which worked this week for him. If you need a tight end, man, look no further than Schultz because he's going to make his top 10 ranking stick the rest of the year, I promise you. He gets to face Washington, Cincy, and Seattle, and, sorry, Seattle, Philadelphia, in three of the next five weeks. He's primed for a solid finish. I got Jordan Reed next, 15% owned. Welcome back from the bye week. If you didn't pick him up last week, I'm sure you had to get in a bidding war for him because tight end sucks and Reed's amazing. So I never thought I would say this, but thank God you're healthy. And honestly, for the 49ers, that's the part I didn't think I would say because we want a Kittle. But he's there. He's probably looking at their number one target 
this week, in my opinion, if Debo and Ayuk miss out. So that's a good spot. And Mullins targeted him six times the last game they played. And he caught five of them for 62 yards, which was third amongst all tight end that week. <laughs> Amazing. Reed is a wide receiver and a tight end body, really, if you watch him. Um, honestly, the rest of his year schedule is nice, too. He gets to face the Rams, then the Bills, then Washington, then Dallas, and finishes off against Arizona, man. That's a good Week 16 fantasy championship plug-and-play with Jordan Reed if you need a tight end. And then also back from bye week, Jimmy Graham. 38% owned because he was dropped a ton. But going into week 10, he was top five in the NFL in red zone targets. Like, that's what you want out of your tight end. If you're not getting yards, you want touchdowns. Jimmy Graham's targeted top five in red zone looks. Okay, I'm playing him because he's getting red zone looks. He gets to face Green Bay this week, then Detroit, then Houston, then Minnesota, then Jacksonville. Give me red zone looks against all those teams. We could be talking about four or five touchdowns over the next, what is it, five weeks in the season, maybe six if you go to week 17. So pick him up. Honestly, nobody else is can maybe Schultz could offer the same. Reed is more about yardage and PPR points. So Jimmy Graham's the touch touchdown guy. And with tight end being so weak, just get anything you can get. Like the next one, Jordan Akins, only 2% owned. We got Cobb and Stills, very iffy to play this week. I think they're both banged up. And Aikens had a huge week this week. He had six targets, caught five of them for 83 yards. Currently, he's top 10 in points and fourth most in yards. Like, he's only 2% owned. If you need a tight end, Jordan Aikens. You know why? He gets to face the Lions, bro. I'm guaranteeing a touchdown against the Lions from one of the Houston tight ends. And since Aikens is the most targeted, let's say him. That's not that bold, really. The Lions defense cannot defend tight ends. And if he's looking at two of the receivers out and all he has to face is Kiki Kuti for targets and Darren Fells, I like his odds of putting up a good week. Just remember, he plays on Thursday, so you got to get him in quick. And then for darts, I'm going to go with Dan Arnold. He's slowly coming on, man. This is He makes some boneheaded plays, but when I watch him play, I could see... Why he's their starting tight end. He's actually a pretty good receiver, and he's pretty quick. So as a dart throw, I like him. It's going to be a shootout, like I keep saying. I really like this game. It's going to be a lot of points. Uh, Tyler Eifert makes the list again. He's looking healthy. He's the tight end in Jacksonville. They need some size. They have a lot of shortish receivers. Conley is getting targets because of his size. But whatever. I mean, these are dart throws. Tyler Eifert is a guy that used to be a uh, pro bowler, used to lead the league in tight end um, touchdowns. So, I don't know, it's a dart throw. Richard Rodgers, <laughs> he keeps popping up because the Eagles, you just never know what they're going to do. So, let's throw him on the list. Dart throw. And I also like Anthony Ferkser. Pay attention to Jonu Smith because he left with an injury. And they kind of target Ferkser a lot anyways. He kind of bounces on and off my dart throws list just because they keep targeting him. And that's what you want in a tight end. You want them to have targets. So that does it for my list. Uh, it's probably going to change as the, week's go as the week goes on with all this COVID stuff that's happening. There's so many players popping up this week. For now, I just wanted to get this list out there. Guys may be able to pick up players already, so they want to know. 
So here you go. I hope you like the list. If you don't, or if you do, let me know. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at John underscore Stully. That's S-T-U-L-L-Y. You can find the podcast on Twitter at one, the number one, Fantasy Insider. And thank you so much for listening. I'm going to be bringing this podcast to you every week. I hope to give you the best pickups. This week we did very good. Uh, got some wrong too. I mean, this is my grind. This is what I don't want to get things wrong. So it's always a process, man. I, I'm just going to figure it out. I'm going to put in all the hours. You, I promise you that. You could trust me. I got you, all right? <laughs> Again, thanks for listening, man. Have a good night, all right? Later.